0: If you have your Bibles, you can turn to the Gospel of Luke, the Gospel of Luke chapter 2. If you're wondering where that is, Luke is in your New Testament, second half of your Bible, near the beginning of that second half, uh, and we're going to be looking at Luke chapter 2 today. Well, on top of what we're doing today, the fact is this, is that Christians, many Christians and many churches around the world are observing a tradition called Advent. Everyone say Advent. And Advent, in Latin, it means coming. And Advent is those few weeks leading up to Christmas when a lot of Christians will get themselves and their hearts ready to celebrate the birth of Jesus by doing things like lighting a candle, putting up a wreath in their home, uh, and you know maybe fasting in some cases. Now, we're not the most traditional church. In fact, we're not, in fact, a very traditional church at all. But to the extent that certain traditions can help us to renew and refresh our appreciation for who Jesus is, uh, we're trying something these few weeks leading up to Christmas— uh, Uh, which incorporates a little bit of Advent into our service. And what we're doing is every single Sunday, we're lighting a candle. And each candle each week represents something different. Two weeks ago, we lit a candle that represented uh, a symbol for hope. And then last week, we lit a candle that represents faith. Today, we have the third candle to be lighting. And uh, this candle is often known as the candle of joy or a symbol for joy. And so with that in mind, I want to welcome Nash, Sheena, and their baby Callista. As they, uh, as they light our third candle called the candle of joy. Are you ready for this? Let's check this out together right now.
1: My name is Sheena, and I have baby Calista over here.
0: My name is Nash.
1: And on behalf of everybody watching, I would like to light this candle as a symbol of joy.
0: The light of this is the symbol of Praise God. Give God a hand for that candle lighting. That's great. Wasn't Calista so adorable? They're a good-looking family. And Calista was not afraid of fire at all. Look at that. That was fantastic. Such a brave girl. Such a beautiful family. Praise God here at Thrive Church. We are a multicolored, multicultural, multi-ethnic church. And uh, that's because we believe that's the kingdom of God. Amen. And we're so glad to have each and every one of you here. Maybe you're here and you're new to church completely. You've never been to church before. We're so glad that you're here. Maybe you're exploring. You're coming in from a different faith background or no background at all. We are thrilled that you're here. We hope that you find that Thrive is a safe place for you. A place you can find some hope and some encouragement to help you as you begin this week. And if you have any questions at all, we'd love to help you out in any way that we can. You can always email us at info at thrivechurch.ca. Praise God, we'd love to hear from you. Praise God, hope you're all comfortable and doing well wherever you're watching. Parents uh, at uh, the, 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 the viewing room where we're having our kids' ministries right now, shout out to you guys. Hope you're each and every one of you are doing well, every single one of you, wherever you may be today. We're doing a series to get us ready for Christmas. It's called Prepare Him room. Everyone say prepare him room. Yeah. And Preparing Room, what is the series about? It's talking about unwrapping hope, faith, joy, peace, and love at Christmas. If you could use a little bit more hope, a little bit more faith, a little bit more joy, a little bit more peace, and a little bit more love around this time of year, then this message is for you. This message series is for you. If you know someone who would use a little bit more of any of those above things, then we would love for you to invite them to be part of this series. You can share with them what we're doing here at Thrive. I've got the privilege today of talking to you about unwrapping joy, joy this Christmas. We just lit the candle that is a symbol for joy, and let's talk about joy today. Let's look at Luke Luke chapter 2, verse 6 and 11 as we get into the word of God today. Would you read this in a big, loud voice with you right now? What does it say? It says, while they were there, the time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn, and there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, do not be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. A very famous passage. One of the most famous passages that's read around Christmas time. But since you know, we've just read verses 6 to 11, I want to go back to verse 10. And we look at verse 10 with me and get ready to underline something. You have a pen handy, have your Bible open and get ready to underline a couple things here. Verse 10 says, but the angel said to them, do not be afraid. I bring you good news. Would you underline that? Of great joy. Would you underline that? That will be for all the people. Would you underline that as well? Good news, great joy, all people. See, that's what Christmas is all about. Christmas is good news of great joy for all people. And the question is this, why? How does the birth of Jesus Christ 2,000 years ago somehow give us joy today? We're going to talk about that today. The message I'm here to share with you is called the joy that Christmas brings. Would you turn your neighbor and say, it's time to get joy. It's time to get joy. See, because Jesus was born 2,000 years ago, you and I have a reason to rejoice today. Could you use some joy today? You know, maybe this is a tough time in life for you. Maybe you know, you're you know, kind of you know, grumpy these days. Maybe easily agitated these days. Uh, maybe you find that you're lacking joy. Maybe you're battling something. right. Maybe you're battling some mental health issues right now. Maybe you're battling depression. Maybe you're grieving the loss of someone you love. By talking today about joy, I don't mean to make light of what you're going through. In fact, much the opposite. I hope that this message encourages you and helps you see that even in this time that you're in, there's still reasons to give thanks to God. There's still reasons to have hope and there's even still reasons to have joy if you believe us say amen and see before i tell you specifically about the joy that christmas brings i want to ask you a personal question which is what brings you joy what brings you joy? Not just at Christmas time, but generally during the year. What brings you joy? Don't go ahead, don't be shy. I encourage you to, to write in the chat room right now or share with your neighbor, you know, really quick. What is one thing that brings you joy? It doesn't have to be too spiritual, it could be anything. It could be anything at all that you find gives you joy. You know, I, I was asking uh, the, our team here on the sound stage, by the way, can you give all of our volunteers a big hand today for all their hard work? So appreciate all their hard work in, in making. That's possible. Yeah, you're hearing from some of them right now. And I thought we want to hear a little bit more from them because I asked them, you know, what is something that brings you joy? And, uh, and so here are some answers in no particular order. I'm not sure who wrote these, but here we go. Uh, uh, the first person said, what brings me joy? Fresh hot coffee first thing in the morning. <laughs> for coffee drinkers, I can see that totally. Uh, another one—I'm I'm really sensitive to caffeine, so that doesn't bring me any joy at all. But, but you know, for, for those of you who have who, who like coffee, you know, I, I know my in-laws—they love coffee these days. I know that that brings them joy. Here's another one: spending time with family and kids. All right, praise God! I'm glad you find joy in that. That's great. Uh, being with loved ones—same thing. Uh, another one: is having an awesome meal. Oh yeah, I can relate to that one as well. You know, if you're a good meal after a long day—that can bring us joy for sure. Uh, another one: person wrote, uh, "What brings me joy is." A a dog called Bella and her owner. Okay, a dog called Bella and her owner. I'll just leave that between uh, that person who wrote it and uh, I guess that dog, Bella and her owner. Uh, another one is uh, spending quality time with family, spending time in, in nature uh, and playing music. Okay, those can also bring us joy. Here's one last one. Uh, Starbucks holiday drinks. <laughs> Praise God. A lot of coffee in this place for some reason today. Uh, but hey, these are all different ways that bring us joy. And the fact is that we're all different. We're all unique. We're all you know unique pieces of art that God God has made. And so the, what brings you joy might be different from what brings me joy to some extent. But I find this is that I find that generally speaking, that we often experience joy in seven ways, in seven ways. And this really quickly, I want to show it to you on this board here of seven ways that we often experience joy. When you think of the things that bring you joy, very often, you're going to find that they fall into one of these seven things. I'll just maybe quickly go, go through with you. Th- seven ways that we often find joy. One is good news. When you get good news, it brings joy. Amen. Like I I got, I have a friend uh, who came to our house just the other day and she had this big smile on her face. Like, Hey, you look so happy. Oh, I just got a new job. I just, I, I just, I literally got, got out of the interview and they said, I got the job. Like this happened like five minutes ago. She's like, it's such good news. And she's like, you know, in fact, every time I come to your house, I feel like good news is always happening. So, you know, praise God. That's good news. It brings us joy. Another one, nice surprises. You know, when when, when there's something that you didn't expect that happens, that's a good thing. Oh, praise God. The Canucks actually won. Praise God. It's a nice surprise. Here's another one. Burden lifted. You know, when you're stressed out about something, you're worried about something, you're anxious over something, and then you finally realize that whatever it is that you were concerned about, worried about, stressed about, that that thing has been removed or that thing is gone. What does that do? That brings us joy. Amen. Right? Here's another one is when you consciously enjoy something. Is that you, you're, you're not just doing something good, or you're just in, not just enjoying something, but you know it. It's like is that you know you're, you're enjoying this awesome meal, and you know it, or you're spending time with loved ones, and it's good, and you know it. It's like you're conscious about it. You're not taking it for granted, but you actually know it. That brings us joy. Another one is being reunited with loved ones. Whether it's, you know, you haven't seen them in a really long time, like years, or maybe you just really missed that person during the day. You saw them in the morning, but it's really good to see them at night. When you're reunited with people that you love, that can bring joy as well. If you believe us say amen. Here's another one is encouraging words is that when someone speaks an encouraging word to you, what can that do? That can bring you joy. When someone affirms you with their words, I believe this is that uh, an encouraging house is a joyful house. Is that an encouraging family is a joyful family. An encouraging, you know, an encouraging team is a joyful team. And so if you want your house, your family, your team, your relations to have more joy, be encouraging. Amen. Speak encouraging words. Finally, job well done. In other words, when you know that you've done something good or someone dear to you has done something good and you see it and you're aware of it, that can bring us joy as well. You're like, oh man, I'm proud of what that person did. And see, believe it or not, the joy that Christmas brings has something to do with all seven of these ways that we find joy. Is that, you know, like we've read earlier in Luke chapter two, is that Christmas is good news of great joy for all people. It's talking about good news that we're gonna be talking about today. Another one, is it's a nice surprise. God gives us this good news in a way that no one could expect, Another one is that it's about a burden being lifted. The Christmas is about a burden that we had being lifted off of us, and because that we can have joy. Another one is consciously enjoy, is that because of Christmas, there's, a, there's an ability that we have to enjoy things that we didn't have before. Another one is reunion, is that because of Christmas, we are reunited in a way with someone who loves us that we couldn't be before, and as a result, it brings us joy. Another one is encouraging word. Christmas is about Jesus. And how many know that Jesus also also called in the Bible, the word of God is that the word became flesh and made us dwelling among us. Not only does Jesus speak encouraging words, but he is the encouraging word. Finally, is that job well done in this Christmas story that we're talking about? This is not how good we are, but it's about how good God is. He is dear to us. And when we see the good things he's done, it also brings us joy. And so for all these reasons and more, there are reasons to have joy at Christmas. And today we want to unpack what is this joy that Christmas brings? Because I'm going to tell you today There is a joy unlike anything else that Christmas brings. There is a joy unlike anything else that the birth of Jesus brings. And you might be like, how? How is that possible? Why? The the fact is this. How does Christmas, i.e. the birth of Jesus Christ 2,000 years ago, bring us joy today other than the fact that we got a stat holiday, other than the fact that, you know, you got familiar fun music and fancy decorations and gifts and all that stuff? What is it about Christmas, the birth of Jesus Christ, that gives every single one one of us, a reason to have joy, no matter what season you may be in today. Let we'll me give you two reasons why the birth of Jesus 2,000 years ago brings us joy today. Reason number one, you could write this down. Through Jesus' birth, we can know that God loves you and wants to be close to you. Through Jesus' birth, we can know that God loves you and wants to be close to you. Let me ask you another question Do you have any funny habits? you know, habits that you do on a regular basis that other people think are a little weird, a little strange, a little unusual. See, you don't have to tell me yours, but can I tell you mine? You, you promise not to judge me? All right. No judgment here. All right. Let, let, let me tell you what my funny habit is that I do every day. My funny obsessive habit every day is that every day I take multiple selfies, and here's the thing is I actually think I might be addicted because I think I might need to go to a support group and say, you know, hi, my name is JB and I'm a selfie holic. Do you have any selfie holics in this place in the chat room right now? If that's you, anyone watching who's a selfie holic taking multiple selfies a day. Now, before you write me off as, you know, the most vain pastor you've ever met, let me just be a little more specific and clear about what I mean. See, when I say that I take multiple selfies every day, I don't mean that I just take selfies of myself. All right, I, I don't. I, It's not just about me. I'm vain, but I'm not that vain, all right? Rather, what I mean is that every day I will insist on taking a selfie with two very special people in my life. Those two people are my two sons, Bradley and Caleb. And uh, can I show you some of those selfies right now? Is that okay? Can I show you those selfies? Okay. Well, so let me start with my older son, Bradley. Over the years, because we take a selfie together every day, we have literally thousands of selfies together, uh, and we have all kinds of selfies. We got posed ones like this one that we're going to show you right now. Uh, you know, we've got silly ones like this one. Uh, you know, we've got candid ones like this one. We got you know just like normal everyday ones like this one. And see, you might be thinking, JB, you got thousands of selfies. Like, why even bother taking? so many selfies. And, and see, here's the thing. Before I tell you why, let me show you some selfies with my younger son, Caleb. See, Caleb is a little bit younger, and our selfie connection is also beginning to grow as well. This is Caleb uh, and us in front of uh, one of his favorite things in the world, which is a tractor with a grass cutter. He loves that. I don't know why he loves this so one, but he loves tractors and trucks and all that stuff. Uh, and here's another one. Uh, this is him being a fireman uh, for uh, Halloween, I think it was, for trick-or-treating. Uh, here's another one. Is uh, He is eating, and I just to come by him. He decided to put his head on my shoulder for some reason. Another one is us just being kind of silly. You know, why do I take all these different selfies with people in my home, uh, especially my two boys? Well, let me tell you why. There's actually two reasons. The first is that whenever I take a selfie with my boys, it's a simple reminder to me. It reminds me that I need to cherish this day. It's because the Bible says that you don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. You know, and like every day has enough trouble of its own. You don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. And so because every day counts, every day matters, and you don't know what's going to happen tomorrow, you want to make the most out of today. And so whenever I kind of kneel down and I take that selfie with one of my sons, it's a reminder that today matters. It's a reminder that I need to cherish this day. And you know, there's a second reason why, because not only is it a reminder to me, but actually when I take the selfie with my sons, it's actually a message to my sons too is that what I'll often do is after I take these selfies, I'll send them to this account that I have for them. And it's kind of one of those ways that I tell them before they're even old enough to understand. It's my way of kind of telling them, you know, I love you. I love being close to you. And one of my greatest joys in life is that I get to be a part of your world. And it's, uh, that I get to be present in their lives, not just on you know, special occasions, but on any ordinary day, because nothing gives me joy like being with them. And see, for me, the fact that I can not only take a picture of them, but I can actually step into the picture with them, that means the world to me. And now what does this have anything to do with Christmas? It's because if what the Bible says is true and Jesus was not just a good human being or a famous teacher, but that Jesus is the eternal son of God, what that means is that when Jesus was born on that Christmas day, this wasn't just a regular human being entering this world. This was God visiting humankind. This was heaven visiting earth. And just like when I take a selfie with my sons and I step into the picture with them, so on that very first Christmas, Jesus, the son of God, stepped into our world and into our picture, revealing himself in a way that he never had before. And you could even say that Christmas was when God took a selfie with us. And you see, why would God do that? It's because God loves you and he wants to be close to you. See, you are one of greatest, God's greatest joys. And see, God's greatest joy is that he gets to be with the people that he loves, that he gets to be with you, that he gets to be present in your life, not just on special occasions, but in every ordinary day. See, you know, talk about weird habits, funny habits, God has a weird, unusual, funny habit, is that like a loving parent, he's always thinking about you. He loves you and he wants to be close to you. In fact, Isaiah chapter nine, verse six says it this way. Read it with me. It says, for to us, a child is born, to us, a son is given and the government will be on his shoulders and he will be called wonderful counselor, mighty God, everlasting father and prince of peace. If you have that verse in front of you, would you underline these two words? Everlasting father. Everlasting father everlasting father. See, one of the big reasons why Jesus came to this world was to show us what your heavenly father is like, that your heavenly father loves you and wants to be close to you. That's the first reason why Jesus' birth is good news of great joy for all people. It's because God was stepping into our world and saying, I love you and I want to be close to you. Turn to him and say, God loves you. God loves you. See, maybe you're, you grew up thinking that God is not there, God doesn't care, he's so far away and, you, and I'm here to let you know, Jesus was born so that you would know that actually God loves you and he wants to be close to you. you know, maybe you grew up in a home where the people that you thought you're supposed to be close to, you know, maybe your parents, maybe your siblings, maybe someone else, you thought you're supposed to have a close relationship with them, but for reasons beyond your control, maybe your parents were busy, maybe they were away a lot, maybe they were physically present but they were kind of emotionally detached and absent, or for just reasons beyond your control, you just can't be with them right now. The thing is this, is that if that's your experience, a lot of people who go through that, they project that same image onto God. And I think God is like that too, that God is far away. God is too busy. God doesn't care. God is you know, maybe even here, but he's emotionally detached. I'm here to tell you that that, that couldn't be further from the truth because God loves you and he wants to be close to you. And Jesus came on that Christmas day to show us exactly that. See, Luke chapter two, verse six and seven says it this way. Read it with me. It says, while they were there, the time came for the baby to be born and she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn." Let me ask you a question. Why is it that the first place where Jesus ever stayed as a baby was a manger? It wasn't the Pan Pacific Hotel. It wasn't the waterfront. You know, it wasn't, you know, the Four Seasons Hotel. It wasn't even the Motel 6 Inn. It wasn't any of those. It was a manger. It was a dirty, dark, stinky, messy manger where dogs and other animals will poo and pee and sleep and all those things. And why? What, why would Jesus, the first place where he would stay as a baby, be there? It's because I believe it's to tell us one thing, is that you don't need to clean up your mess before God will love you and want to be close to you is that God already knows everything about you and he loves you just the same. He knows about the mess. In fact, he comes and says, let me help you with the mess. That's a huge reason why Jesus came. It says, let you know that God loves you with an unconditional love and he's here to help you. If you believe that, say amen. amen. That's reason number one. Reason number one why Christmas is good news of great joy for all people is because at Christmas, God showed that he loves you and he wants to be close to you. Reason number two. Reason one, number two, why it's good news of great joy for all of us today is that through Jesus' birth, you can know that God was taking away your biggest burden. Through Jesus' birth, God was taking away your biggest burden. You know, whenever I've got the the, the chance to go pick up my kids from school, one thing I'll sometimes see is that you know one of my sons they'll be carrying a lot of stuff, like a lot of bags you know we we, we have a lot of bags at home and're they're, they're carrying a lot of bags and so instinctively the first thing i'll see they'll do when I see them is I'll actually run up to them and I'll grab one of their bags to help them carry the load and, and see that's heart that's God's heart for you as well is that your heavenly father would rather you, would rather carry the burden for you than you carry the burden by yourself. That's his heart for you. And that's what Christmas is all about. Look at Isaiah nine, three, and four with me and read it with me right now. It says, you have enlarged the nation and increased their joy. They rejoice before you as people rejoice at the harvest, as men rejoice when dividing the plunder. Notice all this joy talk right now. And then verse four, for as in the day of Midian's defeat, you have shattered the yoke that burdens them, the bar, across their shoulders, the rod of their oppressor. See what's going on. In verse three, it's talking all about joy, 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 rejoicing, you know, know, all that stuff. And then verse four, talking about how God is removing a burden that has been on these people for so long. And, And see, what is the lesson there? Is that joy comes when the burden is taken away. Is that when a burden that's been on you for a really long time, when that is taken away, the result in your life is joy. And see, Christmas is when God came to take away our biggest burden. What is that biggest burden? That burden is called the burden of sin see, what is sin? Sin is that tendency in us to want to do things our way, not God's way. Oftentimes we think that when we do things our way, not, uh, that we'll be happy that way. But when we do things our way and we disregard God's way or we disobey God's way, the result is not that we're happy. The result is not joy. The result is misery. The result is our relationships get damaged. The result is that we get these distorted views of ourselves and others and of God. The result is that we, we don't have peace of mind anymore. The result is that we have guilt and shame that haunts us the result is that we're isolated from real community. Because the result is that we're separate from God. In fact, the Bible says that the wages of sin is death. In other words, because of our sin, because each one of us has run away from God, we are separate from God. God didn't go anywhere. God didn't run away. It was we who ran away from Him. And because of our sin, because we ran away and decided to do our own thing, we are separate from God. The, such that we can't go back to Him anymore. Is that because of that? Is that we are separate from God, such that we can't have anything to do with a holy, perfect? God, not here, not later, not on earth, not in heaven. And see, sin doesn't just impact you today. It doesn't impact your relationships tomorrow, but it impacts your eternity. And that's why your biggest burden is not that legal battle you're going through right now. Your biggest burden is not that uncertainty that's up ahead regarding your job. You know, you're uncertain. Your, your, your biggest burden is not that, that, that sickness that you or your loved one might be fighting around. Your biggest burden is a burden called sin because that affects us for eternity. But the good news of Christmas, the reason why it is good news of great joy for all people is because Jesus came to take the burden of sin away. Is that how did Jesus take away that burden? Well, Jesus came, he lived a life that no one else could live, a life that only God in the flesh could live, a life that met all of God's requirements. And not only did Jesus live the perfect life on our behalf, but on our behalf, he also died on the cross. Jesus, he was betrayed. He was arrested. He was charged for crimes he didn't commit. He was sentenced to death by crucifixion. He was flogged. He was beaten. He was mocked. He was tortured. And then he was given a a, a bar to place over his shoulders. And as he walked up to a hill called Golgotha, where he would be crucified, there he died for our sins. There he took on the punishment for you and for me, paying the penalty for our sins. When the wage of sin is death, rather than us die, Jesus died in our place. Isaiah 53 verse four says it this way. It says, it was our weakness he carried. It was our sorrows that weighed him down. And we thought his troubles were a punishment from God, a punishment for his own sins, but he was pierced for our rebellion, crushed for our sins. He was beaten so we could be whole. He was whipped so we could be healed. All of us like sheep have gone astray. We have left God's paths to follow our own. Yet the Lord laid on us on him the sins of us all. He was oppressed and treated harshly. Yet he never said a word. He was led like a lamb to the slaughter, and as a sheep is silent before the shears, he did not open his mouth. In other words, we like sheep have gone astray. Each one of us has turned to his own way, and Jesus, the Lamb of God, like a sacrificial lamb, he took our sins on for us. That's why you know John the Baptist, the first time or one of the one of the times when he sees Jesus early in his ministry, he says to he says about Jesus, he says, "Look, the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world." It's because Jesus is that sacrificial lamb that took our place, who took our sins so that we could have our biggest burden taken away. See, Jesus didn't come to give us more burdens. Jesus came to take our biggest burden away. That's what Christmas is all about. And to prove that Jesus really does take the burden of sin away to prove that he wasn't just saying it to prove that he wasn't just words, but to prove that it is real. Jesus not only died on the cross for our sins, but on the third day he rose again from the grave to show that you can trust every word that Jesus says to show that Jesus is not just an ordinary human being, but he is who he and scripture claims he, that he is, that he is the son of God. Hebrews 12, verse two says it this way. It says, let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, scorning its shame and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Praise God. You know, when we had no way of getting heaven's joy on our own, Jesus got that joy for us. Let me tell you a quick story. Um, I found this story quite touching is that you know? every morning there was this old man who would get up really, really early, like 5 a.m. in the morning, and he'd go out on his porch, and he'd put on a coat, and there was this big 50-pound weight that was sitting on his porch, and every day, for some reason, he insisted on trying to hold it up and lift it up over his head. Lift that weight over his head, 50 pounds. And this is like, you know, very, very old man, like, you know, 70s, 80s. He, he's, he's trying to lift a 50 pound weight over his head and he's struggling. And, and his neighbors around him, they start noticing what he's doing because he's doing it every single day. And like, oh my goodness, he's gonna hurt himself. Oh my goodness, what is, what's wrong with this guy? Is this guy okay? Does this guy need help? But, but he just kept on insisting every single morning. He'll wake up and, and sometimes he'd be able to sometimes he couldn't, but he just tried to lift up this 50 pound weight over his head like this. And you know, people are like, why is he doing that? But for months, he would do that, every single morning. And then along came Christmas. And on Christmas Eve, it was snowing. This old man, he puts on his best suit jacket. He gets on a bus with a really nicely wrapped present in his hand. And he gets off the bus at the appropriate stop. He walks a few minutes. He gets to a house and he knocks on the door. And then the door opens, there's a woman inside says, hey, dad, come in. Yeah, Sally's expecting you. And she's, hey, Sally, grandpa's here. And what happens is, you know, this this man, he he walks into the house. There's a little five-year-old girl called Sally who runs up and gives him a big hug. Go, hi, Merry Christmas, grandpa. He's like, Merry Christmas, Sally. He bends down and he says, he gives her this little gift. And he says, Sally, this gift is for you. And he goes, oh, can I open it? And then when she opens it, she sees inside this beautifully decorated star. It's like big, it's shining, it's shimmering. And the moment she looks at the star, she looks at the tree in her living room, which doesn't have a star on it. And she's like, oh. And she, she, goes up to the, she goes up to the tree, and, she, and in fact, the grand, granddad already knows what's going on. This old man takes this little girl by the hand. They go to the, the, the tree in the living room, and they're looking up to the, at, at the top of the tree. And as she's thinking about how she's ever going to get to reach the top, his, her grandfather picks her up from behind and raises her over his head. And now she's able to take that star and put it on the top of the tree. And to see the joy of, on, on, her, on his granddaughter's face, it was priceless for this old man. And now you know why this old man had been you know, trying to lift that, that, that little burden all this time for so many months. It's because he wanted to see the joy on his granddaughter's face to be able to put that star on the tree. And why do I mention that? It says, long before this little girl even knew, this old man was doing all the hard work so that this, his granddaughter could know the joy that she could not get herself. In the same way, I'm here to let you know, long before you ever knew, Jesus did all the hard work. He did the work of dying on the cross for our sins, paying the penalty that we were supposed to pay so that he could lift us up, so that he could allow us to have a joy that we couldn't reach ourselves. If you believe that, say amen. Would you give God a big hand this place for being that kind of joy bringer in our lives? Amen. When we couldn't reach that joy on our own, Jesus made that joy possible for us. What joy is that? It's the joy of knowing that sin is forgiven. It's the joy of knowing that death is defeated. It's the joy of knowing that our burden has been lifted. It's the joy of knowing that we've been reunited and reconciled to God and that nothing needs to separate us from God anymore. And you ever wonder why Christmas is such a joyful time? Why of all the different holidays in the year, there are more songs about Christmas than any other holiday. And all of them are generally really happy. You know, you know, joy to the world. God, rest you very gentle. glad tidings of comfort and joy. Why is it there's so much joy being sung? It's because when you know that Jesus has taken away your burden, what you can't help but do is sing for joy. Amen? And, and you want to know why Christmas is such a joyful time? It's because of Jesus. How Jesus took the burden away. You know, it's not just because people thought, oh, it's cold outside. Let's just have, you know, gifts exchanged let's have a meal, all oh, this is so nice. No, it all begins with Jesus. Isaiah 12, one to three says, it says, in that day you will say, I will praise you, O Lord. Although you were angry with me, your anger has turned away and you've comforted me. Surely God is my salvation. I will trust and not be afraid. The Lord, the Lord is my strength and my song. He has become my salvation. With joy, he will draw water from the wells of salvation. Look at Isaiah 49 verse 13. Would you read it with me, church? What does it say? It says, shout for joy, O heavens, rejoice, O earth, burst into song, O mountains, for the Lord comforts his people and will have compassion on his afflicted ones. This is all talking about joy. Look at Psalm 30 verse 11. It says, you turned my wailing into dancing. You remove my sackcloth and clothe me with joy that my heart may sing to you and not be silent. Oh Lord, my God, I will give you thanks forever. Would someone give thanks to God right now? Praise God. There is joy because of what Jesus did. He took the burden away. Turn to him and say, he took your burden away. He took your burden away. That is why Jesus' birth is good news of great joy for all people. It's because through Jesus' birth, God was taking your biggest burden away. Let me ask you a question today. Is there a certain burden on your life right now? something that's worrying you, maybe your marriage, maybe the health of someone you love, maybe it's your own health, an uncertainty in your future. I'm here to let you know, when you know that God is taking care of your biggest burden, the burden called sin, where he conquered at the cross, then you know what? You can have joy knowing that your everlasting father is here to help you with any other burden that you go through right now. He is your father who loves you, who wants to be close to you. He is your father who's here to help you with the burden. If you believe that, say amen. Amen. Finally, how do you experience the joy that Christmas brings? Let me just end with a few things, a few ways that you and I can experience the joy that Christmas brings. Number one, receive the forgiveness that Jesus made possible on the cross. See, because of Jesus, we know that God loves you. God wants to be close to you. And he came to remove your biggest burden. Because of Jesus, your sins are forgiven. Death is defeated. God is near and heaven is waiting. And when you believe that, when you know that, when you receive that into your life, what happens? There is a joy that nothing else can bring. There's an unspeakable joy that comes into your life, knowing that your sins are forgiven, that God is near, that death is defeated, that heaven is waiting. And it's, you know, the most joyful thing you can do is to you know ask Jesus to forgive your sins and to express that through something called baptism. And so we encourage you if you're here and you've never opened up your heart to Jesus, we highly, highly encourage you to, you know, to just do that today. And it's as simple as praying a prayer. We're gonna lead you in later on today. Number two is if you want to experience joy that Christmas brings. Number two, choose an attitude of gratitude this Christmas. See, earlier today, we talked about how joy comes when we experience something good and we know it. It's that we experience something good and we're aware of it. We're conscious of it. Here's the thing. You and I, we experience good things all the time. The question is, are you aware of it? The question is, do you appreciate it or do you take it for granted? Look at First Thessalonians 5, 16 and 18. It says this it says, Be joyful always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. What does it say? Be joyful always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances. See, it just goes to show that joy. Prayer and giving thanks, they go hand in hand in hand. If you want to have more joy in life, then be a person who prays and thanks God every day and often for the good things that you have. If you believe that, say amen. 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 Number three, if you want to experience the joy that Christmas brings, spend time with God this Christmas. Spend time with God this Christmas. See, how many you know there is joy in the presence of God? Psalm 16, verse 11 says it this way. It says, you make known to me the path of life. In your presence, there is fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures evermore. See, in God's presence, there is fullness of joy. The greatest joy that you will ever know is being close to God. That is our greatest joy because God has put eternity in our heart. We were made for more than just people, made more than, more than just money or, or pleasure. We were made for God because with God, there's fullness of joy. With God, there's pleasure evermore. And here's, here it is, is that if you want to have joy this Christmas, don't just spend it with your family and friends. As much as you want to do that, do that, but don't just spend it with them. Spend it with Jesus, who is the reason for Christmas, who is the one with whom there is fullness of joy. How many know Christmas is when we celebrate Jesus's birth? We can call it Jesus's birth, And if you were to say you're invited to a birthday party, And you spend all of your energy on everyone else except the birthday boy. You spend all of your energy getting gifts for, honoring, spending time with everyone else who's invited to the party, but you don't spend a single thought on Jesus. That's like going to a birthday party and you spend time with everybody else, but you don't spend time with the one who's the reason why you're having the party in the first place. Don't be like that. Instead, spend time with Jesus because when you spend time, you go out of your way to spend time with God. You come to church, you pray, you worship, you give your burdens to God, you read the Bible with an open, humble heart, what happens is not only do you honor Jesus and say, Jesus, it's about you in the process, because in God's presence, there's fullness of joy. When you go out of your way to spend time with Jesus, what do you get? You get joy. You get joy in the presence of God, and it just might become the best part of your day every day. See, the presence of God is like a swimming pool, where how much of it you experience depends on how deep you're willing to go. And I want to encourage you to take time, go out of your way to be with Jesus because in Jesus, there is fullness of joy. Finally, last point, if you want to experience joy that Christmas brings, number four, share Jesus with others this Christmas. See, if you want to maximize your joy this Christmas, you want to share Jesus with the people around you. See, the joy that we have in life, the joy you have because of Jesus, it's too big for us to hold on to ourselves. We need to share it. That's why Philippians 1 verse six says it this way. It says, I pray that you may be active in sharing your faith so that you will have a full understanding of every good thing we have in Christ. See, Paul, he's a missionary. He used to be the most anti-Christian guy in the world, didn't believe in Jesus, but then he encounters Jesus in a very personal, powerful way, and it changes his life. He becomes a missionary. He becomes a church planter, and he's now writing to one of his friends who is a relatively new Christian, and he says, I pray that you may be active in sharing your faith so that you will have a full understanding of every good thing we have in Christ. See, it's the idea that you, if you want to experience the fullness of God's blessing in your life, if you want to experience the fullness of God's joy in your life, You want to be active in sharing Jesus with others because there's a joy from sharing Jesus with others that you're not going to get just by praying, that you're not going to get just by going to church, that you're not going to get just by reading the Bible. There's a certain joy that is available to those who are set on saying, I want to share Jesus with those around me. You know, throughout throughout the year, what I try to do is I try to build relationships with the people around me at the gym, you know, at different stores that I'll go to. Just, you know, you, hang, you, you talk and you ha- have conversations, get to know people, you try to love people. And, and around these times like Christmas or Easter or, you know, big time events at our church is that I'll, I'll take those opportunities to see if I can invite them to our Christmas service. And I'll be, hey, hey, like, I just, just I, I knew got exams not going on right now. I know it's a tough time now, but hey, if you could take a break, if you could use a break, this coming Sunday, December, 19, we got a Christmas service going on. It's happening like all throughout the day, like different times. And so if you need a break, we'd love to see you at a Christmas service this coming Sunday. And it's it's just a little simple invitation. It doesn't have to be super aggressive. It doesn't have to be super scary. You can just very naturally in loving ways share with people because the joy we have in Jesus is too good to hoard to ourselves. Amen. This, this Christmas, find courageous, creative, thoughtful, loving ways to share Jesus with others. You know, it's about inviting people, uh, inviting people to get to know the Savior. And one of the easiest ways, one of the best ways you can do that is invite people to our Christmas services this coming Sunday. You know, I even ask our, our excellent admin assistant, Amy, she, she will give me this um, uh, these paper invitations, because I, I know I'm kind of old school, I still like giving paper invitations, and so I have a bunch in my bag, and whenever the, the, the opportunity comes, I, I might give it to someone I'm talking to that I'm getting to know, friend or something like that, and uh, whatever way you can, be creative, be courageous, because everything you do in that direction makes a difference, amen, amen, praise God. And you can go to www.thrivechurch.ca slash Christmas for more info on our Christmas services. You can even use that very link and send that to your friends. Text it to your friends. Share it with your friends. Do whatever we can to reach people with the hope and the love and the joy we have in Jesus because the joy we have in Jesus is too big for us to hold on to ourselves. We need to share it. And when you share it, your joy doesn't deplete. Your, your joy multiplies. It does. And so, I encourage you to do that this coming year, this coming Christmas, this coming week. Let's make the most of every opportunity. Turn to your neighbor and say, Let's share Jesus with others. Let's share Jesus. Let's share Jesus with others this coming Christmas. Isaiah chapter 12, verse 4 to 6 says this It says, In that day you will say, Give thanks to the Lord, call on his name. Make known among the nations what he has done and proclaim that his name is exalted. Sing to the Lord for he has done glorious things. Let this be known to all the world. Shout aloud and sing for joy, people of Zion, for great is the Holy One of Israel among you. We Thrive Church have access to the most incredible hope the most incredible joy and its name is Jesus Christ and let's make the most out of this week to reach people and invite people knowing that God is working in and through us a joy that the world cannot give here's a question today who is someone that you can reach out to this Christmas someone at the office someone at home someone at school maybe, wherever in your neighborhood, who's someone you can reach this Christmas. I encourage you, don't just reach one person, but reach, be generous with the way you share. And just as the wise men, back in Matthew chapter two, how the wise men, they, they follow the star to get to Jesus may you be a star that leads others to Jesus this coming Christmas, that leads them to the joy that we have because Jesus Christ is here. Jesus Christ came to show that God loves you and wants to be close to you. Jesus Christ came to take away your biggest burden. And because of that, there is a joy that Christmas brings. If you believe that, would you give God a big hand and a big shout let's play together right now. Let's thank God for the joy that we only get from him. Praise God. Right now, I wanna lead those of you who are here to... Um, Pray a prayer to receive Jesus Christ into your life. We talked today about if you want to experience joy that Christmas brings, then the first thing you want to do is accept the gift of God's forgiveness that he made possible when Jesus Christ died on the cross for our sins. And maybe you're new to church and you're wondering, what is my next step? What, what do I do next? I encourage you to take this next step. This next step is to ask Jesus Christ to forgive you your sins. It's as simple as praying a prayer. I encourage you to do that with me right now. You can click the link that's in your chat room. You can scan the QR code that's on your screen. And this is a simple way for us to ask Jesus Christ to forgive us for our sins and to begin a relationship with God through Jesus. It's not based on how good you are or what you do. It's based on how good God is and what He's done for you. And so, with that in mind, if that's you, don't hesitate. Go ahead and scan that QR code, click the link that's on your screen. Don't worry about your neighbor. It's not between you and him. It's between you or you or you and her. It's between you and God right now. And so, would you make the most of this opportunity right now? And once you click that link, scan that QR code, and it's going to take you to a page with a prayer on it. And just so you're not doing this alone, I'm. Going to pray this prayer with you. In fact, we're all going to pray together as a way to ask Jesus Christ to forgive us of our sins. Let's pray this together right now. We're going to say, Dear Jesus, Dear Jesus thank, you, thank you, you that because you love me, that you, love you, me. Died on the cross you died on the cross to pay for my sins. To for my sins. You, rose again you rose again to give me life. To give me life. Today, Today, I open up, open up my heart and I ask you, Please forgive me me of all my sins sins. and fill me with your Holy Spirit. Spirit. I place my trust, trust not in what I do, do do. but in what you've done for me. me. In Jesus' name I pray,
1: pray.
0: Amen. amen. Hey, if you prayed that prayer and you meant that prayer, then guess what? The Bible says that you are forgiven of your sins. You are a citizen of heaven. You are a child of God. You have a relationship with God, not based on what you do, but based on what Jesus Christ has done for you. And a huge congratulations to you. In fact, can we give a big congratulations to all those who prayed that prayer just now? Praise God. That's amazing. and. Uh, we encourage you to do a couple things. Is number one, we encourage you to keep coming to church. Every baby needs a family to grow up and we'd love to be your spiritual family here at Thrive. Second, we encourage you to get baptized. One of the most joyful things you can possibly do is to believe in Jesus and get baptized. Baptism is not a graduation, baptism is a beginning. It's you simply saying, I know I'm a sinner who needs a savior, and I thank Jesus for paying the price for me on the cross. And if that's you and you prayed that prayer just now, or maybe you prayed that prayer recently, but you've never taken that next step of baptism. We encourage you to go to mythought.info and press the baptism button for more information on baptism. We'd love to help you with that as well. Finally, we've got gifts to give you as well to congratulate you on this new relationship with God. You can go to the bottom of that prayer page where you just prayed that prayer. We'd love to connect you with a gift to congratulate you today. Praise God. One more time. Can you give God a big hand today? Praise God for all this. <laughs>
1: Church, my name is Christine and we're so glad that you joined us today on this lovely Sunday and I hope you had a fantastic time today at Thrive Church Online. Before we end off, let's jump into some announcements and take a look at what's coming up here at Thrive. If this is your first time joining us, we're so excited that you're here with us today. We want to show you how much we appreciate you being here today by giving you a Thrive stainless steel water bottle. Please connect with us by texting new 604-255-770 or by visiting mythrive.info and click new to Thrive so that we can mail you a water bottle right to your door. You may have prayed the prayer earlier today to receive Jesus. Congratulations! Share your great news with us by visiting mythrive.info and click I want to receive Jesus today or text BELIEVE to 604-285-5770. We want to help you build your relationship with God and so repair a gift and great biblical content for you to enjoy while answering some of your questions about Christianity. Thrive Children Ministry was a hit last week. The kids had a fantastic time learning about the Word of God and spending time with their friends. So parents of Thrive Kids, bring your children over on Sundays from 9.30 a.m. to 10.45 a.m. at Stage 1 Academy at Richmond. This is for all children ages 3 to 12. Pre-registration is required. For more information and to pre-register, please visit mythrive.info and click Thrive Kids. Did someone say Christmas? I definitely heard you say Christmas because Christmas is next week. We are only seven days away from Christmas here at Thrive and we'd like to not only invite you, but to encourage you to invite at least one friend or family member to join us for our Christmas service online. We've seen on numerous occasions where an invitation has greatly impacted a person's life when they experience the love of Jesus here at Thrive. So Christmas service is on Sunday, December 19th, and there will be four services at 9.30 a.m., 11.30 a.m., 2.30 p.m., and 8.30 p.m. We can't wait to celebrate Christmas with you. All right, so that concludes our announcement today. If you believe in Mission of Drive and would like to contribute towards it, I highly encourage you to head on over to MyDrive.info and click online giving. Thank you so much for joining us today on this beautiful Sunday. Enjoy the rest of the week. Don't forget to tune in next Sunday to celebrate Christmas with us here at Thrive Church Online. We'll see you soon.